0: feels like there's two different worlds pulling you know to one side and the other um i don't know how this will end up uh i think that it might be a combination of both uh, mm-hmm. where you use technology also to be more disconnected to technology if you know what i mean like now yeah. phones like i saw the other day a phone that is more minimalistic than the regular phone. And so you only have three buttons on your screen and they're actually not buttons. They're more like they're just links because the buttons, they mess up with your brain. They call your attention and you always want to, the buttons look nice and you uh-huh. want to click them. And so, so technologies could also be used for um, educating or um, influencing our behavior for for the good if you Mm -hmm. know um, Mm -hmm. so yeah
1: bonanza growth podcast innovation strategy and ux for SaaS. Bonanza Studios is a growth consultancy for SaaS and fintech startups. Every SaaS business needs to fight in three different battles. First, product market fit, discovering a growing marketing and designing a compelling and undeniable solution to meet that demand. Second, product-led growth, turning your product into a growth vehicle by leveraging outcome-driven UX design. And third, creative marketing and organic brand building. If you're looking for a reliable partner to drive growth, check out our website. At Bonanza-Studios.com.
2: So we are here finally. Oh, nice. are you? Yeah. Um, so how was? Were you in North? Pole? You were in North Pole, re, North Pole recently, right?
0: Yeah, I just got here actually last week. Got back. Jeez. To how was it? Well, it was technically not the North Pole because uh, to go to the North Pole you need a bigger expedition and much, let's say, more complicated logistics and uh, money as well. Um, As far as I understand and as far as I've learned, you cannot go by your own to the North Pole. You need a permission sometimes from a government, from the president, let's say, of Norway, or some sort of official from the government that has that power. So we went to Spitsbergen, which is also called um, Svalbard which is an archipelago between Norway and the North Pole. It's pretty Uh close to the North Pole. You look at Uh at Google Maps and you search for Svalbard, you'll have a look. It's an archipelago, so it's a bunch of islands all together. Uh, Right. And that belongs technically to Norway, but it's a territory that is fascinating because, well, it's a long story, but um, yeah, just got back from there last week and it was amazing.
2: What, what did it happen? What was it in? What was it with that you were like? Okay, I gotta go there. I gotta go check it out.
0: Yeah. So, um, so I have a podcast. It's called the Mister Rad Show, and in the podcast I interview what I find the most interesting global personalities that are working in different topics related to the future of humanity. So, anything mm-hmm. from Technology, longevity, um, but also the future of cities, how new governments are being shaped with the advancements of tech, Web3, etc. But also um, a bit more off, let's say, mm, cutting edge ideas. So there is a bunch of entrepreneurs from Norway that are using a what used to be a, a mine for coal. So that territory of Svalbard, Spitsbergen, that archipelago that I was talking about, it used to be a machine, a producing machine of coal. So they were, you know, mining coal the whole time and exporting it to different countries. So it was very rich, interesting. It is still a very still, you know, rich, interesting territory in terms of coal. But coal mining has been stopped almost all, entirely there's only one coal mine that is left so the mm. other six coal mines are being used as at least two of them are being used as vaults and what what I mean with that i don't know if you've heard about the seed vault no the seed vault is the, the global seed vault is basically a vault within the permafrost like inside of an arctic mountain so it was a mine right so imagine a mine um inside of a mountain but in this case the mountain is not a regular mountain is a is a it's a perma is the permafrost so it's ice in there Uh Uh Um, which means that of course it's obviously very cold which means it's a perfect place to store valuable stuff so in this case there is a vault called the seed vault the global Uh and there a lot of countries come and deposit The most important seeds for humanity. Let's say the seed of a specific potato from Brazil, whatever. Yeah. Um, And then besides that vault, there's another vault that is called the Arctic World Archive in another Uh mine, what used to be a mine, also again in the permafrost. So it's minus five degrees there all the time, at least. Um, You know, in the winter, it probably gets much colder. And in that, in that vault, instead of storing seeds of physical, you know, stuff, they store digital assets. Oh. So in the Arctic World Archive, you find, uh, for example, the 3D files of the Taj Mahal or, um, you know, several works from several Nobel Prize winners. Um, these are all works or... Assets that are have been digitalized. This is also the the public repository from um that actually GitHub deposited there of um you know let's say the Python uh, programming language or Bitcoin. Um so there's a lot of really cool stuff, and I found that super interesting, and I reached out to the founders of this idea of this Vault. I interviewed them in my podcast, episode 16. And after the interview, I was so interested, and they were. It was it was such a good flow that they told me, "Hey, why don't you come and deposit your episodes here?" And I was like, "That's amazing! I'm gonna that's book that's amazing book the trip right away." And uh, that's what I did. So I went there for a week, and I just came back last week. I deposited my first twenty episodes in the vault, which means that they will stay there. So this is off the grid, right? There's there's no. It's not a it's not a data center. It's an off-the-grid system that is um, within the permafrost and it will last for the next 1,000, 2,000 years according to independent Norwegian um, agencies that have checked for the truth or the veracity of whatever these entrepreneurs are claiming. So it's a pretty solid, interesting concept um, unfortunately, not many people know about it, or maybe fortunately, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm I'm very honored that I could do that with my podcast.
2: Well, that's fantastic exploration and adventure, I would say. Um, yeah, I I really like the way because I've been following your journey for quite a while now. I mean, last first time that we met, I think years ago, when you were like um, trying to improve your platform the previous version of Basa Studio. Um, yeah. And then since then, I've been following your journey. I think that your take, the way you are taking your podcasts and the topic that you're interested in are extremely fascinating.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, you know, I, I, I mean, I ask yourself, I'm an entrepreneur. I like to build stuff. Um, right. and I like to see it coming to fruition. Um, I like see stuff growing, being born and then growing and see where it goes, where it takes us. I never imagined myself really doing a podcast or building a company around a podcast. But because I'm following my values as a person, mm-hmm. I'm okay now with saying I'm doing a podcast. Not that I never was okay with it, but I but I I would always imagine myself doing other kinds of companies, if you know what I mean. Um but I identified my values last in the last 2 years and this was an exercise that I did myself on my own. I you know, I printed out a list of uh, I think around 300 human values, anything from compassion to like um, you know, wealth and uh, empathy, or whatever, liberty, freedom, whatever. And and I started filtering down down to three or four values that I that that drive me. And 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 one of those values is uh, curiosity. Mm-hmm. For me, curiosity is a driver, and I was not aware of it really until I did that exercise. And so. When I realized curiosity was one of my values, and I started connecting the dots, realizing, yeah, this is true. I spend my time, a lot of my time, I spend just watching videos, learning stuff that is weird maybe for a bunch of people, but for (laughs) me, interesting. Um, And learning from like random people that don't have really followership anywhere, but they just come up with cool ideas. Sometimes they're very famous, but a lot of times they're not. It's just kind of underground. So, again, started connecting the dots, and I realized, you know, maybe trying to interview these people or some of these people um, is something that will feed me as a person, will give me energy, mm. because that's mm-hmm. one of the values. And and that's why I started the podcast. That's the reason why it, it didn't start from one day to the other. It was a problem yeah. of self-discovery also, in a way. So, yeah.
2: I. I sort of resonate with it. I haven't done this uh, exercise that you have done. And I sort of like sparked in my mind that maybe I should do that too. Mm. But I can resonate with what you said from this angle that I, in 2022, if like same time July, you would ask me better next year, you would end up doing a podcast and record two, three episodes per week. And you do it, you know, I mean, you're doing the podcast. So this podcast production is actually very, very energy consuming. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, production of it, finding people like, you know, try to, you know, make sure that people that you bring in, you have something in common. You could have good conversation. It takes, a, you know, it takes a considerable amount of my time. Yeah. And like, we have a, we have a team of three people, like two marketer, one video production, um, that help help this podcast to come to fruition and then if you would ask me last july that hey uh, now you would end up having a podcast record one or two three episodes per week continuously not as an act of force yeah but as an act of passion and curiosity i would laugh at you yeah because like economically like from the financial standpoint I could not see a connection between the podcast and the business I'm running and how these two would contribute. But when I started doing it and for the sake, I I did it for the sake of, Hey, so the reason I did a podcast and I talked about it a bit is that, um, it got to a point in my business career that I would go weeks without having any conversation Mm. with anyone outside of my team. Mm. And I, sort of like felt like I'm being deprived of conversation and it's not a good idea. It's not healthy for me in terms of personal development. Yeah. So I, I was just like, okay, let's just do it. Let's just do it for... Let's just give it five episodes. Let's just do it, see how it goes. Yeah. And as soon as I recorded the first one,
1: Yeah.
2: I did not stop.
1: Yeah.
2: And it just... And now every time I have a podcast appointment, I've got few days before i get in excited i was like okay i'm gonna to talk to mario he's a wild card i don't know what to make of it that excites mm. me let's mm. just get into it and record it so to, just to bring it back is that i i think there is a lot of hidden values in uh, hidden values to entrepreneurs that is that's they that are unknown to them and they they sort of like navigate themselves like those values navigate their conscious decision, but they're not entirely aware of them. Yeah. And if they could make those values known to them in a very uh, like, conscious manner, yeah. I think that would impact their journey a lot better, a lot more efficiently than yeah. before. Definitely.
0: Definitely. I, I see a lot of entrepreneurs giving up too fast, in my opinion. In my opinion. Mm. And I think that's, in my opinion, again, everything that I'm saying here is my opinion, of course. That's clear. <laughs> you know, you can, uh, you can argue here and there and um, maybe everyone is right or maybe everyone is wrong in the end. But um, in my experience, in my opinion, I think a lot of entrepreneurs give up too fast because whatever they're doing is not aligned with their values. So they get tired of
1: mm-hmm.
0: it a bit. Maybe, maybe they're running a company or an idea because it. You know, there is uh, some hype in a topic, and they they want to make some quick buck, and maybe they they manage, you know. But I think a lot, if not the majority of of us entrepreneurs, don't manage. Um, and one of the reasons is because uh, we're just following a hype instead of following a really the values. And 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 this is interesting because when I started with this podcast journey, that it didn't start really like a podcast. It it started with a hype. I jumped on the hype of the metaverse and I wanted to know what the metaverse was. And I wanted to know many other, well, you know, I, I was discovering many other topics at the same time. But metaverse was the hype. So I, you know, I, I took a course here and there in like an American institution. I paid for this and that. I read like three books, the only three books that were out there. <laughs> um and uh, I started doing like I don't know attending meetups and online meetings, and I even opened a profile on the uh, Central Land. Open I don't know how many wallets I have by now. Um, <laughs> I bought some like NFT robots to play some game in the Central Land. Like now I look back and I, I like that I went through that journey to realize that's not I was following a hype. I was not following my my value but what, what is really within me something that that thing within me that curiosity for example has built up for the past whatever i'm 39 39 years i, I cannot i cannot make it disappear i cannot ignore it i have to look at it how do you mm. look at it that's the key and that's something that maybe not many people try to find out or stop and say hey what are my values what is my what is my engine running on? Is it running on diesel? Is it running on super? Is it running on gas? What is it? What is that that is making you spark? Um, and so, yeah, that that was curiosity led me to you know going from being focused on the metaverse idea to like realizing, not. this is too vague for me. This is mm-hmm. like it's a, it's a trend. Trends come and go. They, they, I don't want to follow the trend. That, that's not me. You know, maybe it's for some other people. But that's not me. Um, and, and so it evolved. And it evolved and it went to now what it is, which is a much more broader, but it's still within the future topic. So I interview people that some way or the
2: other affect the future we humans live. Or will live. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I, to to add to it, I would say that, and also the another advantage of driving by value is that you give you give yourself longevity, longevity, and persistent that you need as an entrepreneur to actually win. Because the greatest entrepreneurs I know, the people that I look up to. There are the guys, there are the women that that resist, persist, and thrive against all odds. Mm-hmm. And they've had a longer time frame than these quick box, let's make quick box entrepreneurs that we have bumped into in our career.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for me, it's also a matter of uh, what, uh, fits into your lifestyle because mm. um i know also for example these quick buck entrepreneurs uh, that they, they they build a company for you know for for three years then they get an exit and then they get into um let's say a position in a vc or they get hired basically by another company nothing wrong with that but me personally um i i love i love the entrepreneurship or sorry the lifestyle as an entrepreneur which means Uh my own boss i decide my own rules i decide where i'm gonna live how i'm gonna work when i wake up when i go to bed when if i work on a saturday on a sunday or a monday or a tuesday whatever like i don't have a boss i decide how big my company is i decide how many people i hire if i hire them with a full contract or as a freelancer you know, like there's so many little things that a an employment doesn't really give them to you, at least not all of them. I think things are changing in in the way you know people hire or companies hire, they're kind of giving more freedom and flexibility to their to their people, to their employees, because they're realizing that a lot of people want that freedom, but you don't have it hundred percent. When you are an entrepreneur. You can even decide if you want to work for a client or not.
2: <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, you That's the beauty you, of it. Fuck you. I don't want to work you. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. Yep. That saying, hey, mm-hmm. screw you. I'm not going to work with you. Exactly. And this is, you cannot do this if you have a boss. You have to ask your boss first, you know?
0: Like, um, so so I think that uh, for me, is like, it's a lifestyle in a way. And the lifestyle, that, again, it's aligned to my values. Uh, I love to be independent. That That is one of my strongest values, in the, like being independent, you know, um, being able to say, look, you know, next week, uh, Berat, I'm going to live, I'm going to start living in Italy and Greece for the next eight months. I'm not right. living anymore. Why? Why do I do that? And people think like, I don't know if you saw my post on LinkedIn, but People think I'm 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 making a lot of money now because I'm taking all these decisions, but reality is that um, you don't need so much money. You don't need so much money. You just need no. to like follow your what are your again your values, your drive. What what drives you? My my drive. One of my drives, apart from curiosity, is being free, that having that limit yeah. of saying yeah. where to go, what time to go, where to work from, etc. So. I'm following that, and I, I I managed to arrange my finances. I'm even you
2: know spending less than when I was based in Berlin, and yeah. So I hundred percent. I, I think I'm. You're giving me goosebumps. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, <laughs> a lot of entrepreneurs get getting there now. You're talking more now. now it's becoming more evident why it's so such an important exercise for all of us. A lot of entrepreneurs they don't have a north star, they don't have a compass, mm. and often you describe it really perfectly is they want to go for a quick box, they want to get an exit, and then they get hired in another venture fund or whatever, or like shiny title again, mm. work for Facebook or like I don't know, work for whatever they are interested in. Basically, what they are what they are doing and they don't see it is like they live in a box yeah and they trade that box with a bigger box yeah you're still in a box you're Mm -hmm. still confined by what the market by what the employer um what by what the boss the investors dictate yeah you yeah you're not dictating any terms
0: yeah yeah you could always claim that there's always a box like you as an entrepreneur you kind of also live in the box of the market and the market dictates whatever you have to, um, you know, sort of like stand for in order to, to sell or not. But at least, uh, at least, let's say at least you take your, or at least that's my feeling. You, you kind of have that flexibility a bit bigger, a bit, the box is a bit bigger. It's a bit, yes, um, you know, um, less visible and you feel it less in my opinion but of course you could all, someone could always claim yeah you know you live in the capitalistic world there's always a box because uh, no matter how free you think you are you're still being influenced here and there whatever right but uh, that's i think that's another story and that's a more complex and almost philosophical question of what is freedom and how mm-hmm. free are we as humans really mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, but for 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 my life or my experience right now, uh, that's that's the best I think I can do.
2: One thing I like to add to your um to what you shared that you would like to go uh where was it? Um in the south. You live you want to live in the south of Europe for yeah. eight months, right?
0: Italy Italy and Greece, yeah.
2: Italy and Greece. And then um you mentioned something that people think that you you are rich or like you have yeah. this and that. But, you know, to to double down on that or to double click on it is that actually, no, when you when you change your lifestyle, I can I can definitely resonate with what you said. When you change your lifestyle and then you have other values than having a shiny, having a shiny luxury lifestyle luxurious shiny lifestyle Mm -hmm. then things get cheaper for you dramatically i remember when i went to india for two months just explore Mm. i rented my flat in berlin and i went there with that flat with that rent money basically Mm. i came back mario and i still have i still had some money in my pocket
1: Mm.
2: right i didn't i didn't rent a palace or something i lived in hostels you know but you know it was okay i could i could sleep i could get to the morning okay i i had the i had the good talib uh, dishes in the in during the lunch okay life but like what i what I, what this like lifestyle or what this decision allowed me to do so is to explore
0: yeah exactly i think that uh nowadays it's, it's more obvious um, that there is this like geo economical arbitrage between jurisdictions so you could be having clients in Germany but paying for a rent somewhere in you know in Mexico next to the ocean uh, in a nice house and it's much cheaper than living in Berlin for example um so i think this is becoming also it's one of those trends right um people um, in Europe, at least, and the US, and maybe the more developed economies, um, are realizing that they can live in less yeah. developed economies. That's a really ugly term, but um, just so we all understand what I mean. Uh, and so you can live in you can live in I don't know whatever Panama or Salvador and uh, work with clients in, in in Japan and Europe and 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 the U.S. and live a much better life than if you were living, uh, you know, in your country, let's say Germany, that is too expensive. And and it's 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 crazy how this is transforming and shifting the world in a way. Because, you know, um, when I was, um, I first left home 20 years ago, um, it was hard for me with a Colombian passport to move around and get jobs here and there. And, it was not that easy, but now um, I think change, things are changing for the better. And not only that, you realize how these uh, more developed countries are needing much more the less developed workforce.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and and again, this is exciting in a way that in, in a way that I mean, it's exciting for me at least to lift this transformation. Because I think it it brings more opportunity for people with the right skills in countries that are a bit maybe less um privileged
2: um hundred percent
0: they can get jobs you know now from a client in uh whatever Italy or Sweden based in Bogota in colombia that's great
2: well, is there a specific reason that you decide to go live um in um uh, other, like for eight months in Italy and Greece or was it just like out of curiosity?
0: Um well I think that one of one of the reasons there's there's several reasons. One one reason is that I I I, I love to be in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love the uh-huh. heat and I love the warmth. So um I also love Italian culture and, and, and Greek culture. I wanted to explore that more Uh, and my job or my jobs, my companies allow me to do that. So we said, why not? Um, I was a bit tired of Berlin at the same time. Yep. Um, I
2: resonated with that. (laughs)
0: Um, exactly. So you know what I mean? Um, we've been there for seven years or something. It's not, I mean, I'm still in Berlin, uh, but I'm taking a break for now.
2: That's very healthy. Yeah. I resonated with it hundred percent and i and i think I think for entrepreneurs, it's really crucial to explore um I started reading history a lot these days, and I truly fascinated by i didn't know that it was one of my this year's discoveries that I didn't know that history is so exciting to me, and mm. I'm just like devouring books one after another and uh, i um the I think humanity, one of the core DNA of humanity, if you if I want to define define it, is all about exploration. It's about mm-hmm. uh, all about sense of curiosity. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's go discover. Let's go to India, but you end up in North America and discover North America, and then mm-hmm. uh, you, you you have Alexander the Great that goes all the way from 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 this side in, next to Europe to go to all the way to like. Middle of India in that time, mm-hmm. and then you get like Genghis Khan that is, that he always started from from Mongolia to to Austria. Like mm-hmm. not him, but like his dynasty. And then yeah. you you look around, just like it's humanity is all about exploration, nothing yeah. else.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I I find that super interesting because I feel like so my this this trip that I did to Zvalbard, uh last week it was a definitely life changing experience because um, first of all the people I met they were like incredible and um, there was specifically one guy that I interviewed actually for my last episode it's not out yet his name is Christian Klauvers. he's a photographer. But more than a professional photographer, he's, in, he's a world explorer. So he goes to these super remote places from, you know, the North Pole. and He really, we, now we're really talking about the North Pole, to Antarctica, which is also super remote and really no one can go there unless you have a permit. And he has gotten those permits from the right people uh, to islands that no one have heard about like Kerguelen or some islands in Micronesia, whatever. Um, and so this, exp- and then he gave a presentation, right? We were, in, uh, we were in, in Svalbard and he gave us a presentation and it was super inspiring. But what I want to say is that it was inspiring in a way that I took a boat the next day. I hired a guide. I was there with Charlotte, my partner, and we went out to the middle of nowhere, some glaciers there. And when you're there as an explorer, I'm not. I don't consider myself like a you know wild explorer or wildlife explorer. Unfortunately, I'm not there. I don't, you know. I'm 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 a city guy. But when you're there, you realize how immense nature is and how powerful mm-hmm. nature is and how little you are. Yeah. I think we've lost a lot of it. Us people that live in the city because we get our food from the supermarket. You know, we don't even know how to plant a tree anymore. And that, that, that realization, I mean, I've heard about this before. I know about this before, but being there in the middle of that environment, knowing that if I step wrongly, I'm dead, basically. There's no way someone's <laughs> no going to yeah. save me. <laughs> so that was such a, Humbling experience and so so beautiful that um, it made me think how disconnected we are from our from 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 our roots from our you know for, from where we come from um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah I think that like you said I think it's important again for people that create like entrepreneurs that build stuff to be able to realize that in my opinion, to be able to realize that, you know, it's not about the quick buck. It's not about the, let's call it superficial product that you're creating, but it's deeper. Life is so much more interesting than, than that. We should all be creating stuff that is first of all, much more connected with that, with, with the environment, with the real deal, the the world, the earth, um, much more conscious, um, but also like really solving real problems or at least um contributing in a way, being more conscious about that contribution.
2: A hundred percent. I think I, I can take this to several different directions, but I think as entrepreneurs we lost we lost not all of us, but we lost a sense of I, I think entrepreneurship is all about taking risks. Yeah and and we lost that that you know right now in we live in a world that there are seven twitter clones out there i mean do we need another twitter like can't we like channel our channel our energy as entrepreneurs to really solve problems that that are not easy mm, yeah that are that are actually that could actually drive a lot of new values Improve and enhance our understanding of nature and ourselves mm. in ways that were not envisioned before by actually committing to some of, some of these pressing challenges that are coming our way very fast, mm. faster than we can even imagine. I think that has been lost. Mm. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people working out there for a lot of like, good stuff, but 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 yeah you see you see a lot of superficial stuff that without without you know without judging anyone i think everyone is in in their own experience trying their best they can Um, and i'm not absolutely i don't want to judge or blame anyone because you know life is complex already but yeah i think that experiences of exploration to places where you haven't been or where to places where you maybe feel a bit uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to expand that that um, that box that box where you're like living in you know so i think yeah for me that was Again, a humbling experience, and I wish more people could have ex- similar experiences. Not necessarily. Let's not go all to the North Pole, cause then we fuck it up. Also, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 exactly. Um, oof, yeah. So, um, for our audience, I know you a bit. I know what you have been doing, but I really want to like get your take. Also, you said that you, you you hinted that you are founding a new company out of the podcast. Yeah. Not sure where you are with this. So, but as an entrepreneur, like how many business, different businesses you are running? Maybe if you are, if you would like, talk about cool stuff that you're doing with Bassa Studio. Just want to yeah. get an update on on your business activities.
0: Yeah. So we we started uh, when we met. We met because we have a platform called Booker Street Artists. Bukas Street Artists. dot com.
2: Um, Used to be big,
0: that, big, big. Yeah exactly that that's that 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 has been running very well um we had some bumps when corona started obviously um and since then we made the platform free so right now artists get jobs there for free we don't charge any commission anything like that uh and we're trying to transform that business model step by step into something else Uh, We're still not sure. I cannot tell you how this is going to go because we're still in the the process. Uh, We're running some numbers. We're running some tests. Um, We did a survey where a lot of artists, I don't remember how many, but I think more than 500 artists actually gave us their feedback, which is great data for us to know how do we move forward because we want to build this platform or transform this platform together with the artists are already working with us. And then while Corona started, we launched a new brand or a new company called Bassa Studio.
1: Which mm-hmm.
0: is um, our job is basically connecting brands with visual artists. Um, and this is only visual artists. Um, let's say Tesla or WeWork come to us and say, hey, we have a, a space. Normally... It's a big project. So let's say we have 100, 200 square meters and we want artists to paint it. This is the topic. This is the theme. What do you recommend? So we're the specialists. It's a very niche market. Not many people have this expertise. Um, So we were like a boutique agency, more or less. Um, And uh, it's more than connecting the artists. It's a bit of project management, consultancy, etc., etc. So those are two companies um uh, and those are like our main um let's say money makers at the moment uh, especially basa studio because like i said uh, book street Artist at the moment is not really uh, having any money uh basically revenue um it's free for the artist which has been a challenge for us but um you know we're very grateful that some of the artists are grateful themselves. So. That's good. Um, but then, yes, I want to... So we we have two companies that we're planning with my partner, uh, which is also my business partner, but my life partner, Charlotte. Um, she's trying to start her own uh, stuff with my support, and I'm starting my own stuff with my support. I can talk about Beautiful. my stuff, which is uh, a media company. So behind mm-hmm. Mr. Rat, which is my first product, so to say, Mr. Rat Show, um, I want to, and this is still very unclear. Maybe we talk again in a year and I have it more clear. But (laughs) um, the problem I see, and it's a big problem to solve, I know, is that um, the way we consume media is mm, with our eyes closed, sort of Mm -hmm. say. A lot of us, because we don't have time or because we don't think about it much, we just passively consume whatever we're thrown at. So, you know, you go on YouTube, you watch a video, and then you don't question it. You go, uh, you turn on your, C- or your your TV, you watch CNN, you don't question it. You go on WhatsApp, you get a thread, uh, whatever, <laughs> you don't question it same with TikTok. and everywhere I mean TV phone whatever whatever you're consuming media news for example or information in general and i think that spirit of keeping a critical mindset yeah it's a it's such a human spirit of not necessarily following or believing everything but questioning it without getting aggressive or anything i'm not yeah i'm not i'm not Trying to make people go on revolutions, that's not the point, <laughs> even though sometimes it may be needed can't yeah. <laughs> yeah. but uh but the point is that um from from young age, I think we should all be learning how to consume media because it's super important mm. to not be misled by sometimes interests. That are out of our reach and out of our knowledge that try to manipulate us to, you know, from buying something to like believing in something and yeah. you know, changing your whole life just because you're following this thing that maybe is not the best for you as a person. And this again has to do with what are your values? You know, is this piece of information really? feeding me my values uh, I don't know it's it's a complex topic that's why I say is a big topic but I think the, the, the whole purpose is to make people question more and feed that critical mindset that I think is lost
2: you said something that I think you are onto something and it's not so much talked about it's not on the twitter trends so to speak but i think it's very crucial i, be, I recently became a father so i'm my father antenna is very very sharp mm-hmm. is that, that there now we live in the so, age of social media mm-hmm. you, you know 50 years ago you you got you ha we had radio tv and mail mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. basically a word of mouth right mm-hmm. that's how sort of like message a message would be transferred amongst people. Now you've got these three. Well, you got radio, you got TV, and you get abundance of online platform that Mm -hmm. as soon as you unlock your phone, they push messages onto your screen nonstop 24 hours a day. I I think what we can do, what we need to be doing for younger ger- generation, is to have some proper education a- about how to consume news and how to consume content. Yeah. I see a lot of kids these days, and I I don't know how it's, when I see them, I get I get chills. Mm. Like I get, I just want to go save them. That they are like walking. They're like ten years old, eleven years old, twelve years old they have this screen and they're like continuous look down. They just like walk and like, please don't do this. Like even the adult person that look at their phone and like down looking at it, they might, they might hit a wall. You're 10 year old. You should be aware about your environment. So yeah, this, this literacy about how to consume content is not there. And I think it's against the, Against a lot of powerful people, against the benefit or 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 position of a lot of powerful people, yeah. If younger generation become aware of their media consumption,
0: yeah, Hmm. yeah, definitely. I think that uh, you know I've been thinking a lot about this because I see two sort of like macro trends or um more than trends is they're like sh- value shifts okay? value in terms of what humans value
1: mm-hmm. in, a,
0: in a in a given period of time in history and i think right now for example we value a lot how things get done fast how you can work from your phone um this freedom in a way that the phone gives you to move around take a call here and there and send an email, and you know, do things fast and maybe click a button and get the other day your whatever milkshake or whatever, you know, don't have to go to the supermarket to get the groceries. This facilitation of, mm, you know, stuff that you need to normally do physically is being
1: mm,
0: accelerated with online services and, you know, products that you can, quickly buy with a click on your phone uh but then on the other hand you also see this value shift of or or let's say a trend so it's easier to understand of people wanting to be more connected to themselves or to nature and meditating being more spiritual and so on and this also applies to kids i think i don't have a kid but what I see is that maybe some the parents that are meditating and into yoga are trying to instill that in their kids and the parents that are into like, I don't know, hacking or building an app themselves. They also pushing their kids into that maybe. Um, so I don't know what to, I don't know what to think about this. I don't know where this is going. It, it, it feels like there's two different worlds pulling, you know, to one side and other. Um, I don't know how this will end up. Uh, I think that it might be a combination of both, uh, mm-hmm. where you use technology also to be more disconnected to technology, if you know what I mean. Like now, yeah. phones. Like I saw the other day a phone that is more minimalistic than the regular phone, and so you only have three buttons on your screen, and they're actually not buttons. They're more like they're just links because the buttons they Mess up with your brain. They call your attention, and you always want to. The buttons look nice, and you uh-huh. want to click them, and so so. Technologies could also be used for um, educating or um, influencing our behavior for for the good, if you mm-hmm. want. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, mm. yeah, but it's a complicated yeah. and I don't know where we'll we will end up uh if um, you know if everything is dependent on on that on that aspect or on on the digital world or on the uh, interconnectedness or not not having space for just
2: being on your own or uh i don't know i mean what you know, it's it's this thing comes up a lot, and I have to. I've been using this term a lot these days, in the past some months, and um, especially when we are dealing with projects. Um, often, what happens here is that you know a client or it, my team come into the conversation and emphasizing on one dimension of reality or one one dimension of truth, mm. but one thing that. I often have to use is that reality is multidimensional, mm. has dimensions, mm. and often, not often, almost always, it could be the situation that many different dimensions are true at the same time. Mm. You cannot say, hey, this, is the tr- this dimension is the truth and the others are false. Yeah, I think that's that's a really difficult mindset to uh, mindset to adopt. Yeah, I feel like I think as humans we 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 we, we face difficulty uh, expanding our mindset and expanding our awareness to the point that we can accept conflicting uh, realities at the same time. But your example is so uh, inspiring because uh, there it could be at any given point there are trends, there are strong trends influencing our lives that all of them could be true at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that, uh, you know, trends is one thing. Trends is like temporary. Like you have the Mm -hmm. trend and today and maybe two years, no one's going to talk. It's going to be there, AI for sure, but no one's going to really talk about it anymore. And then another trend starts. Maybe metaverse comes back. Now it died <laughs> off, and it's kind of died off as well. So these are all trends; they're visible. Everyone has heard about them. But what I'm talking about is the value shifts mm-hmm. for humans, like because these value shifts really stick for a long time. I know you're reading history; they they really stick for generations. Like if one, if right now that we start using AI, for example, that brings a shift in value of how we interact with people. Uh, you know, let's say we become uh, less extroverted yeah. Let's say we're more mm. introverted now. We don't realize really, but we value introvert uh, introversy. I don't know if that's a word, but that will stay for like because this yeah. will be you know taught taught, uh, taught in schools, even if it's subtly doesn't have to be like a subject on how to be more introverted. That's not what I mean. It's more like subtle changes in culture and they will stick for a long time. True. But I think that that's something we don't maybe think about much and um what the I know it's maybe it's easy to say and I'm not working on the subject myself, but I understand that there is some, you know, people working on how all these technologies influence those cultural shifts or how because this is i think it's a circle anyway like how those how cultural shifts influence them later Mm -hmm. new technologies like let's say for example a technology that you know doesn't allow you to uh, use technology i don't know if that Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like Mm. that blocks you because now we start to value maybe more uh, family time and the phone doesn't really help if you're always on your phone family time you know so So, we start valuing family time mm. someone comes up with an idea of how to value more family time and then it becomes a trend you know
2: so let me, it's so so fascinating. Let me summarize to so make sure that I understood your point. You're differentiating between trends and values. Value shift. Trends. Yeah. Exactly. Trends. Something on the surface level comes and goes, and you know, yeah. every season in fashion industry there is a new fashion. Da da da. da and sometimes you see hey, 1940s fashion came back again. It's very trendy. It comes and goes. Yeah. But values um, located on a deeper level of our con- collective consciousness. Yeah. And whether we become aware of it or not, it impacts our lives in a way that influences our our decisions on how we run our lives, influences our, our decision in terms of how we develop the technology further, influences our decision on what we think of different and important morality uh, exactly. question yeah.
0: yeah yeah definitely it's it it influences the way we relate to others the way we relate to our governments the way we think of the government let's say the government starts all of a sudden uh, it it's kind of becoming a trend in Europe that the government pays for stuff to companies let's say uh, the government now has a package that uh, pays for Uh, I don't know, during the pandemic the the salaries of uh, your employees, if you have less than 100 employees, whatever. I don't know what were the rules. Mm. But now if they do it again and again and again, it it kind of sticks there. And so maybe culturally, people start Mm. thinking of the government as the I don't know, as the saver. You know, the, the government is the one that it's like it's like our father, our mother. They have yes. to be respected. They have to be looked up with a lot of not respect. questioned, <laughs> no questions asked. Yes, <laughs> and so this is a cultural shift, and, and then you know it will last. And this this is great for the uh, the governors in this case, but not for the people, in my opinion. Um, mm. So yeah, this has profound consequences. Um. If you think about it, and there's also positive stuff. I mean, it's not always bad, but
2: yeah. Mario, um, to me, you are one of those like rare entrepreneurs out there that try to live by their own values, and this is such a inspiring conversation for me. I I really cannot verbalize it. (laughs) Uh, A lot Mm of entrepreneurs listening to this, and I would love to end this conversation while you face to face with them and share some two cents share some advice how you know, it's basically half of the year we are this year has been such a different year this i feel like in the, from the beginning of corona pandemic every year was different and like full of challenges yeah. what do you have to say to them
0: well what i have been predicating in my, for my last two or three years maybe longer and what we've talked about in this conversation is do your homework.
1: Hmm. Try
0: to understand what are your intrinsic values as a human, as a human. Make a list. If you think about human values, you probably come up with 10, 20. No, but there's hundreds of them. So just go on Google or ask ChatGPT, doesn't matter. And get a list of 100, 200, 300 values and make the homework of filtering down that list to your top 10, then your top five, maybe then your top three or four values. Mm-hmm. And think of examples where you have lift those values 100%. And think about how happy were you in those moments. If they're the right values, there are probably moments where you were super happy, super excited, looking forward to it, um, really full of energy. Because I think energy is such an undervalued concept when you're an entrepreneur. You need to have mm-hmm. every day. You'll be doing stuff on your own. No one is going to cheer you up a lot of times. And so you need this intrinsic energy. And this intrinsic energy comes out of your intrinsic values, <clears throat> So it's important to understand what your values are. So do that homework. Come up with three, four intrinsic values that you have. And by the way, values change over time. It doesn't mean that if you value freedom right now, in 20 years, you'll still have freedom as your number one value. It It might change. But at this point in time, if you're building, if you're starting to build a company or you're already building it, go back to to that homework, go, that, go back to those three, four values and see how aligned you are with those values. If you're not aligned with them, or there's one that is a bit tricky, try to align with them and try to make changes in your life, in your company, that align to that better. And in my opinion, this is such a relief, such a mind opener. If you're blocked with, how do I do this? What kind of decision do I take? This is such a releaser, because once you align with your values, you'll be able to answer questions like this, because is it aligned or not with my values? Yes, go for it. No, then leave it on the side
2: and do the next thing. Beautiful. Thank you, Mario. You are an inspiration. Cool.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode. For more information, go to bonanza-studios.com.